Hello, hello. It's Jackson here with That I-70 Show. Wanted to give you guys a heads up that this episode is a little bit of an abridged episode. It was originally recorded on I-70 as we made our way up to Vail for ski school this weekend. It was a pretty excellent snow condition weekend with Vail getting 14 inches over the last 48 hours. I hope you got out there and, and experienced it for yourself. If you didn't, it's still soft out there, so get out there this week. The other thing I wanted to call out is Red Bull Snow just released a really awesome skiing film called Abstract, a free, st- a free ski exhibition. So go watch that. It's free on YouTube. And lastly, if you want to support us and you need some new goggles, check out the link in our bio and buy some new goggles through Blender's Eyewear. We'll get a little affiliate commission and uh, you'll get a new, a rad new pair of goggles. So go check it out. Anyhow, we hope you enjoy this episode and you're going to get some authentic reactions as we drive in a blizzard up I-70. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of That I-70 Show. I'm on the road with Alex Quinn. My name is Jackson Martin. The date is Friday, December 8th, and we are on our way to go teach skiing in Vail. Of course, we need to get there first. And I'm going to do a little stream of consciousness as Alex focuses on the road in this full-on blizzard whiteout. We've probably seen the snow accumulate two, two and a half inches in the 30 minutes that we just sat on Floyd Hill. Really, really impressive accumulation. So it's going to be a good ski weekend. I brought the powder boards. I'm really excited. And hopefully everyone is staying safe out there trying to get to the mountains. I was skeptical to come on Friday night, but I worry that it may just get worse and that you may not be able to get up there on Saturday morning. That said, my anxiety about I-70 remains at an all-time high. (laughs) I'm not sure how much longer I can handle this. At the end of last season, I said I wasn't going to be an instructor again. I said I wasn't going to do this insane commute over and over, week after week. Alas, here I am, doing it for the children. And and I still am putting my life at risk. Putting my computer at risk, because if Alex crashes here and my MacBook slams into the dashboard yeah that'll be the, then that'll be the most expensive thing that, that breaks the, day. the laptop <laughs> and my podcast could all go downhill really quick <laughs> howdy again folk the update here from i-70 is that we have made it off of floyd hill we are now Idaho's in the Springs. open countryside it seems no traffic around us coming up upon Idaho Springs the the flakes are still falling but it's just truly amazing how the traffic just bunches up and then releases Um, that was evident because coming down Floyd Hill there was a I'd give it a it was it was a jackknife truck it wasn't a fully it wasn't a full jackknife but it was probably a three a, a a a one quarter jackknife truck and it was enough to enough to block the whole right lane plus a little bit of the a little bit of the left lane to where you're on the median and it was like they had 
it's like they had pushed a truck in another truck or maybe some other car into the guardrail. So like they had jackknifed and then like pushed another car that had like slid forward so that it was extra um yeah, so regardless, it was... This fucker is thinking that he owns the unopened toll lane right now, and it's just passing, flashing <laughs> his lights at me. Like, what a fucking douche. I hope that you get a ticket for that, because that's bullshit. <laughs> a little bit of road rage for you. <laughs> this is an unhinged pod already, but... Um, Fuck that guy. <laughs> now we're going to have to put the explicit warning on our <laughs> podcast. Or, shoot <laughs> it's never been the most clean podcast <laughs> anyhow we passed some cars that certainly should not be on the road including a tesla model 3 a toyota corolla and honda accord so you know they're out here it was full-on i-70 things content out here for a while trucks bouncing off the guardrails full-on craziness on friday night but we are th- we are mostly through it that's why i feel comfortable allowing alex to pod a little bit while we drive and we wanted to talk about his tires because he has some excellent tires we were watching a as i stated earlier we were watching a ford f-150 slide around coming down floyd hill and Alex's truck held steady the whole way. Alex drives a Ford Ranger. We were trying to determine the difference between why why that other truck was sliding around and why ours seemed to be doing pretty well. And honestly, what so much of this comes down to is your tread on your tires. I think that's why there's a tread attraction law in Colorado during the winter is, is because it makes a difference. So... Make sure you're getting your tires track checked. Honestly, if there was one sponsor we should have for this podcast, it should be like Goodyear or something like that. That oh, would yeah. be so legendary. Um, but Alex, why don't you go ahead and tell us what kind of tires you have on your truck? I have uh, the General Grabber AT all-terrain tires. So they're great in mud, snow, uh, dirt, um, really anywhere they're they're perfect tires for for colorado Um, the only thing they're not great about is you lose a little gas mileage when you just drive on the highway a lot so they're really better for if you're going up into the mountains and and going kind of off-road a little bit yeah so you you drive those year round you don't like switch them out for for snow tires no yeah i keep them on the truck all year and how long did you say that you've had them um since i bought the truck so since 2020 so they probably have 35 plus thousand miles on them and i actually don't know this speaking i just talked up how important it was to have good traction but how often do you think you should be replacing your tires in colorado i feel like i would that's a that's a tough question um i feel like sometimes you can get away with when the the dealership or the or wherever you're taking your car to get service tells you that you're low on the tread like when you're in the yellow I feel like if you're in the yellow and it's about to be the winter I would say go get your tires changed um and like when I say the yellow I mean like they'll give you like green as in like good you have good you have good tread then yellow your like tread is low and then red is like hey I absolutely gotta change your tires I think if you're going into the winter you should probably change your tires at yellow but if you're in the summer, if it's going into the summer or spring, and you're not going to be driving up the mountains, you're just going to be sitting in Denver, then I bet you could probably get another six months out of the tires before it's time to change them. But I think it's pretty important to change your tires 
when it's time to change your tires. Yeah, maybe maybe the more important takeaway is just to check them because I I, I actually agree. There may there's probably not a set number, especially with all different kinds of makes and models, and and road conditions for everyone. So it's probably subjective, but I think the takeaway is have the service center check your tread often so that you don't find yourself caught off guard when you're in a snowstorm on I-70 and find yourself as the laughing stock of I-70 things. Yeah. Or really, you know, as many people do, they find themselves getting in an accident and causing pain and and monetary pain and physical pain and time pain, time pain for everyone else. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, so th- that is definitely a good reminder for everyone. I think... A new set of tires is going to cost you less than uh, a new bumper for somebody else, a new front, new grill for you, and the increase in your insurance if you run into somebody. So that's just... You know. Yeah, that's a really good um, kind of like a long-term way to think about it. Yeah. Don't... Uh, don't try to save the money, if, especially if you know you're a big skier and you're going to be doing it all winter. Um, and it's just the courteous thing to do for everyone else out here. Uh, I think I-70 Things does a really good job like promoting that and like having that be part of their mantra, like be prepared when you drive to the mountains. Um, I think it's also important to know that, like Alex, we, we were just sitting in 30 minutes of traffic, so really not that bad. We got through it pretty easily. But who knows? It could have. It could have been. It could have been four hours. You know, that's yeah. it's happened before, especially on those major weekends like Aspen X Games weekends or the holiday weekends. People get stuck in really long um, traffic jams on I seventy, and when that happens, you could find yourself without something like water um, or really or some food. I mean, there's just generally some like comfort things that are important to have. I think water being the, the main one so always try to pack a water bottle or even leave a jug of water in your car for the winter yeah. um, for that emergency situation I think it'd probably be smart and I mean I have one but I again it's, I'm not I, I guess I'm not prepared because I don't have it in my car but normally I'll have like a blanket um, a, a bottle of water a water bottle um, and then some like little beef jerk like beef jerky sticks you can get from costco like you can buy a package of like the package and then inside of it is like little individually packaged beef jerky sticks that'll last like till 2025 or something um and that way like if you're stuck and you are thirsty or hungry and you can't get off the highway then at least you have something you can snack on and something you can drink and it's cold you don't you're gonna run out of gas you have a blanket you know you just yeah. Worst. In the worst possible scenario, you have something, which is it's a good point. Go. And having the blanket comes in handy even all year round. Say you go to the park or you're up in the mountains, and then you have something to sit on and enjoy the scenery. Um, and then the other one that my dad always like harps on me having is, well, of course you got to have your scraper, but then my dad always um, made me carry work gloves in your car. I think it, like having a pair of a good pair of gloves is a pretty um, crucial thing because you never know like if your car breaks down you, you or or really like if you're in the cold like having gloves can make all the difference in the world yeah um, so I try to keep some work gloves in my car as well um, oh my gosh I just saw a lady smoking a cigarette in her car 
Windows down. No, yeah, windows, windows up. Windows up. I, I mean, we're it's cold. It's a full-on blizzard out there, and she was smoking in her car. Bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Um, those are not people I like to see in Colorado. Full, full offense, if if that's you. <laughs> um, we don't care. We don't care. Um, general being prepared. I think you can't say that you're prepared if you're driving to the mountains in a two-wheel drive sedan. Yeah. Um, and too often, that's what we see on social media. That's what we see sliding out in front of us. Um, and people don't get that. I mean, even last weekend we saw a... It was a crew of, like, four teenage boys that were driving in a minivan. Of course, they had Florida plates on. I was like irate like already ready to flip them off and satchel was like those guys look like chillers and i was like i don't i don't care <laughs> but um like what he said tonight <laughs> yeah exactly that's that was my reaction um except so i was so so that's an example of people who are not prepared and i get it they're from florida they don't know satchel satchel also was like this probably their you know this is probably the most winter they've ever seen and I'm like, that's true, but, like, how big of a bozo do you have to be to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to drive across the Continental Divide yeah. in December in drive. with a minivan? Yeah. That's, like, just irresponsible no matter who you are or where you're from. Yeah. Um, maybe that's arrogant of me to, to say, but I just, I, when I travel, I try to research where I'm going. I, I think I do a pretty good job of... N- not really finding myself totally caught off guard of my surroundings before I get to a place. Yeah. Um, and like we understand that you know four wheel drive cars or all wheel drive cars are more expensive than just two wheel drive cars. But at the same time, like you should just know the conditions of the road before you leave. So like if you if you know that your car is a two wheel drive sedan that is not gonna that doesn't have snow tires, doesn't have you know doesn't have the proper is not properly equipped to go up in the mountains, then maybe try to leave before the snowstorm or leave after the snowstorm. Don't leave in the middle of the snowstorm when everyone else is on the road and you're slipping and sliding and you can't get up the hill. And like, that's a great way to get a fine. It's just a great way to get a fine. It's also a great way to get made fun of by everybody on the road. So. Totally. I mean, and then there's people like, there are people like us who are going to go work up there or people, you know, people, some people are time constrained. They actually, they might be driving all the way to Cal. Let's say those people, those kids from Florida, might have been driving to California. Yeah. I guess I'm not a very well versed road tripper, but but um, you would think that even like if you're utilizing a a software like Google Maps or Apple Maps, that you're gonna notice. Oh, hey, I mean, last weekend was a perfect example. There was like avalanche warnings on Google Maps on Apple Maps. Yeah. Like, there's no way that those boys, if, if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying they're driving across country to California, there's no way they didn't see those warnings and couldn't have said, hey, maybe we take a little break here in Denver before we continue on our trip to California. Yeah. I'm totally talking anecdotally here, so it's it's not totally fair, but I just think it's it's just astounding to me how the volume of people who struggle to drive to the mountains and make our and make everyone else's life so much harder um alex i want to transition here a little bit what so so we were talking about how your car 
performs well in the snow. And we were talking about how many people drive t- Toyotas in Colorado. I mean, the the Forerunner culture out here is out of control. No other way to put it. Out of fucking control. I think what three or four of our friends have Forerunners. <laughs> yeah, they do. And I look. Like, I get it. I I think Toyota makes great cars. Cars that are hardy. They can take a freaking beating, and you know they're gonna drive them. You, yeah. you, they're gonna drive them for thirty years, hopefully. I, I mean, you could. <laughs> you there, could. there are right. Toyotas. Miles I mean, you think about it. There's, there's Tacomas, and there's Tacomas certainly that have been around since the '90s. For sure. That are still kicking it today and and doing fine in a lot of these conditions. Yeah. So that's kind of my point. Is like you're getting a really quality vehicle. Well, did you know? Um, the- but but the 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 culture that drives me a little insane is like all the mods and whatever if you're into that you're into that just not for me yeah um i know you're kind of a car guy so maybe i'm talking uh to the wrong person about this you but you, you don't seem to be so into all the modifications you have a pretty um i mean you have an upgraded car but it's not it, it's not like you're buying custom mods for your car right no no i just have i mean i do have a i leveled it because i thought that the to the Ford Ranger was way too like slanted forward. It just looked kind of strange. So I leveled the truck. Okay. Um, and I, that's it. So that okay. was all I did to it. Not totally. Um, not unhinged. You're not at the unhinged level. Yeah. And I put better tires on it than it comes stock with because I thought the stock tires were kind of trash. Okay. Like, do you remember the snowstorm we drove when we when we biked in Vale or biked in Moab and you lived up in Vale? Yeah. And we drove back, and it was like that absolute ice storm, and the bikes got stuck to the rack because the all the ice and snow that melt like that accumulated on the rack and bikes. Do yeah, I do that? remember that. Yeah, that was like the worst snowstorm I've ever had to drive in. Most worst blizzard I've ever had to drive in. Drive in, and the t- I blamed it fully on the tires because they were sliding and like just shit. So that's why I put new tires in the car. So gotcha. other than that, I have done nothing to the truck, other than put tires on it. Well, it it seems to perform pretty well. And you were talking a little bit earlier. I actually wasn't recording. I made that mistake. But we were talking about what makes this the Ford Ranger, in your opinion, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a better truck than your previous truck, which is was a Toyota Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah. Um, so you were a taco guy before, and you've since transitioned to Ford, which, to be t- totally honest with you, I questioned at the, at the beginning. But um, you <laughs> seem to... This, this new car fits like a glove, let's say. So what, what is it that um, that you like more about the Ford Ranger? Um, well, like, first first off, I had, yeah, I had, a, I had a 2012 Tacoma. And so the upgrade from a 2012 Tacoma to a 2019 Ford Ranger in 2020 felt like a big difference to me. Like, I went from having uh, just the radio and no Bluetooth, like an old aux cord, to having Bluetooth and CarPlay and, you know, like, all, like, nice little heated seats and, like, amenities and bells and whistles, like, AC that worked. And, like, I guess the AC kind of worked in my Tacoma. But, like, all these nice little new things that I didn't have before. So the Tacoma was kind of bare bones. Yeah, Um, there's a lot more bells and whistles on the interior of the car. And I didn't feel like you... And I felt like... Well, and from a performance standpoint... 
I felt like the new, the Ford Ranger outperformed the new Tacoma and my old Tacoma because uh, the cool thing is the Ford Ranger has a turbo four-cylinder engine, whereas the old Tacoma had a three and a half or a four-liter V6, and the new Tacomas have a three and a half-liter V6. So there's no turbocharger in them. Um, and the nice thing about a turbocharger is the performance of the car um, is the same at sea level as it is at 5,000 feet in Denver, as it is at 10,000 feet in Vail. Um, whereas a, a six-cylinder without a turbo, um, the performance is the best at sea level and progressively gets worse the higher you go. So as you drive from Denver to the mountains, your fuel economy, your power, all that goes down because the the car has a harder time sucking in oxygen or air into the engine to combust with the fuel to create to create power. Whereas like, well, I don't know, actually, if they, I think the air combusts with the fuel, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But a turbo sucks in the air and like forces it in. So it, it it's the performance is the exact same. So the, the car actually performs better and you get a better fuel economy at, in the mountains as you do in Denver. Got um, it. So, th- so really the difference is that that turbo is helping the car intake ox- intake air. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, fun fact, I didn't know this until recently, but um, Ford, GM, uh, because they're all manufactured in the U.S. or because they're U.S. companies, you don't pay, a, um, I think it's a tariff or a tax on the car, whereas uh, because Toyota is a non-U.S. Um, car manufacturer, and I could be wrong about why or the certain logic or the or the amount, but you the reason that Tacomas and Forerunners are so expensive is one I think the brand name it's a you know it's the Tacoma it's a it's a it's a Forerunner it's a Toyota so like they ha- they're just very popular so they can command a higher price, but also they're ta- uh, taxed by the government so the tax is passed on to the consumer so that's why those cars are more expensive than American-made cars so like in my opinion the Ford Ranger and the Chevy Colorado both great mid-sized trucks. Tacoma, if you're into that, great mid-sized truck. They're all great trucks. But you get more, I think, bells and whistles and nicer things on the Toyota or on the Forerunner, uh, sorry, on the Fords and the Chevys versus what you get for the same price on a Tacoma because the Tacoma is priced higher because of the tax. So a lot of people, I think, don't know that you pay a tax for buying a Tacoma or, uh, sorry, a Toyota. That's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know that they are Im- imposing tariffs on the new electric vehicles that are that have parts made overseas, or not a tax, but you don't get the tax breaks as you would on an American-made car. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it makes sense that 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 has been a tax strategy for the U.S. government for a while now to spur um, consumer demand for for us made vehicles even if they're combustion engines mm-hmm. um that's pretty cool but yeah i i think that's a very good take and my my brother just bought a um chevy colorado which i think he's loving as well and i think i think you're right i think it's a little bit less expensive used cars it seems like used cars are just expensive in general right now but yeah i agree i think you might be able to save a little bit not buying a Tacoma or a Forerunner because ev- that's the car that everybody seems to want here in Colorado. Yeah, um, I mean, I think like a, I think you're gonna get just as good of a car if you buy a a Ford Explorer or you buy a Chevy Tahoe, um, you know, and and or you know, or like 
you know, if you're into like, if you wanted a German car, like an Audi or a Volvo, or actually Volvo is not German. They're Swedish, right? Are they no Norwegian? No Swedish. Swedish. They're they're one of those like kind of Nordic countries, I think. But like like I'm saying, like everybody wants the Toyota, right? But if there's a lot of great cars out there that are very similar, that are less expensive, that you can that you could buy. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe not. Less it's expensive, interesting but. those um, those Nordic car manufacturers, German car manufacturers. They don't make trucks. They do. They do. Vol- Volkswagen makes a mid-sized truck, but they only sell it in Europe. If you've ever watched, if you ever watched the Grand Tour, they actually do a funny episode where uh, it's on it's on Amazon. It used to be called Top Gear. Uh, well, there still is like BBC Top Gear, but it's with different hosts. But the original Top Gear hosts now do this show called the Grand Tour on. Uh, Amazon Prime, which is great if, if you're a car person. They're super fun. They're super funny, uh, and they do some cool things. And it's it's a really interesting show. But it's mostly them um, uh, testing and driving supercars and sports cars and things that none of us can normally afford. Uh, but they did do an episode where they tested out um, American and European trucks. And I think one of them was a Ford was a Ford Ranger or the or the European version of the Ford Ranger. It's, I think it's a different name. Uh, and then the, the the Hilux or the Hilux, which is the Toyota Tacoma in Europe, and then I believe they did a, uh, I believe they got a Volkswagen truck uh, as well. And it's just funny to watch them drive all these different trucks because they're all very different than what we're used to here in, in the U.S. It's, Do you recall which truck ended up performing the best in that episode? Uh, it's kind of hard to say or because it's, like variable. it's hard to say because their tests are like zero to 60 and like who can spray more dirt on the other guy and like who can you know yeah. who can like haul the most random things or like i think they tried to churn butter with a truck so they were like trying to or like farm with a truck so they're they're doing random they're doing random stuff with it so it's hard to say but they all end up loving i think th- at least two of the three of them ended up like loving their trucks by the end and then maybe the guy one of them didn't but um it's a good episode. It's fun to watch. And it's a great show. So. And interesting that there is a European truck. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, th- you just think on the small streets of Europe that they, they wouldn't manufacture that. I'm surprised we don't see that around the United States since that's where most people drive a truck here. Um, the other truck I'll mention, this has been a full-on car episode, which hopefully some of our listeners enjoy. <laughs> um, well, we are in a car. Yeah, we are. We are in a car. That's probably why. The, the Rivians are everywhere in Colorado absolutely exploding i think they look so cool it's if you have a hundred thousand dollars lying around why not buy a rivian oh yeah uh yeah well if you have a hundred thousand dollars yeah i mean (laughs) i mean that's how much those cars cost right it's so true somewhere around there yeah um this is an investing podcast but i do own some shares of rivian this is not advice to buy or sell any security (laughs) i'm not an investment advisor But I do like the stock. <laughs> um, I love the truck. It's really pretty. I think it's a cool, it's a cool looking truck, and the space, the way they've like designed it to be conscious of like, you could put this here, like space and storage is is really smart and cool, and I think that that's, um, I think it's impressive. Well, Alex's car is beeping at us as we go up through. I think we're almost to the tunnel. We're almost we're to the tunnel. Yeah, but we're really oh yeah okay we're almost to the tunnel so maybe that's why there is this traffic and alex's car has snow on front on the front of it doing its job because the sensors are blocked i think that is probably a sign that we will call it the pod quits here but we hope you enjoyed our little banter about 
really driving in Colorado and uh, trucks in Colorado. So if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to write us a quick review and follow along. We'd love if you subscribe. Our subscriber base is, is growing miraculously and um, we're having fun with it. So we're going to keep it going. We hope you get out there and ski this weekend. The roads are covered in snow, which probably bodes well for the skiing. They're starting to open up some more terrain. I heard that um, Vail opened up Chair 11 this week. They did. They did we up. get? Did you get to ski? So Alex was, before we call it quits, I'll, I'll ask Alex a few more questions about his ski ski training. He just finished up his training to become a Vail ski instructor, and this weekend is our first full-on um, Devo session. And for those who don't know, Devo stands for developmental with kids ages 7 to 13 who will be teaching for the next 10 weeks. So Alex, you just finished your training and there wasn't a lot open last week when I when I was training as well, but seems like after that storm last weekend, they've opened some more up. What 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 does the terrain look like out there and and specifically talk about Chair 11? Um yeah, Chair 11 was was pretty good. They opened up um they opened up pretty much all the all the runs on the if you're going up the chair to the left of chair 11 and i think they opened up prima or riva on the right that last one as you come down the bump run as you come down into right before the chair that's prima prima um so they opened up prima um prima pronto yeah yeah um they opened up uh chair the sourdough um was that chair 14 yeah i think they opened up 14 um and all the stuff over on there by two elk uh, so if you you know you can eat lunch at Two Elk now, um, right. ski all that stuff on the on the right below on that side sourdough. yeah below yeah. sourdough, um, and it looked like they were spinning chair six so I would not be surprised if chair six was going to be open this week too. That, um, would, that would be huge because that that spreads people out from the base of the gondola. Yeah, and most of like you know I w- but I would say I would still be cautious about skiing in the trees. A lot of the tree tree runs are still roped off um the snow is really thin so you might have you know just branches that are just barely covered and you could get your skis caught underneath so i just would be cautious about that and um and some of the snow is pretty thin in places so you'll have if it's if it's brown don't ski over it's probably a rock um (laughs) but it's been good it's it's they've got they're getting more snow it seems like every week which is great yeah, season is officially off to a pretty good start. It's still early out there, but I'm I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Um, certainly better than some years past. And um, yeah, we hope to see you out there. Let us know where you're skiing this weekend. We'd love to send, we'd love to see some videos as well if you're at a different mountain, or even driving up if you guys are seeing some crazy stuff on the roads, or have an opinion about a particular truck. Let us know on Instagram is primarily where we're going to where you're going to be able to reach us. Thank you for listening. This has been another great episode on the road of that I70 show. Pray for snow y'all.